Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode. Um, before we get started, I just wanted to thank everybody that's listened to this podcast so far. This will be our 25th episode, and um, I'm just super excited about where we've come from and uh, where we're going with this podcast. And uh, I just want to give it, say a huge thanks to everybody that's listened to this podcast. So without further ado, um, my interview today is my pastor of the church that I go to, Pastor John Price. So, Pastor John, we're glad to have you on the podcast today. It's an episode I've been wanting to do for a while, and so I'm glad we could finally make it happen. It's great to be here. I'm excited about it. So, uh, without further ado, I guess we'll get right into the questions, and tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm 47 this November. Uh, My wife, Selena, which you know, uh, will be married uh, 31 years. And uh, it's no secret, it's part of our testimony, what we shared, that we were teenagers when we got married. And so we're knocking on uh, November will be our 31st anniversary. Wow. And uh, it's pretty, I think that's pretty awesome. That uh, is. I'm that's excited that's about amazing. Um, we have four daughters, one that's in heaven. Um, my oldest living daughter is 28. And, of course, Kylie, you know very well, my youngest is in college, just started in August. Uh-huh. And she's 18. And, um, and we spend our life in ministry. That's that's us. That's awesome. What has been your favorite job to date? Well, let, let me give you two. Can I do that? Yeah. First of all, obviously the ministry. You yeah. Know, this is uh, we've been full time ministry most of our life. Yeah. But before ministry, if if I had to to pick something outside of the calling that's on our life, uh, was owning my own business, and absolutely loving that, and that was a. Uh, a big part of our life and what we did and uh, throughout even in the ministry there was a season where as, as a business owner and I think what I loved about it was more often than not as pastors when you're out in the community people see you through the eyes and filter of being you know the pastor or the minister in the community and in this particular setting I, I was just another guy and so it actually brought down some walls you know some barriers to where I could talk to people on a one-on-one level and then begin to share my faith as they found that they could have a you know a friendship or a relationship an understanding you know with me they connected and uh, so I enjoyed that but ministry it's my passion it's my love and when did you begin in ministry um, my first pastor let's see I'm knocking on I was ordained in ninety eight. 1998 when I was ordained Wow. Um, in my first denomination. I spent two and a half years in that denomination, give or take a little. And mm-hmm. then the current denomination that I'm in now, I've been in, two, in for 22 years. And so uh, my first full-time pastorate, there were youth pastorates before that, but my first full-time pastorate, um, I was 21 years old and been full-time in, in ministry ever since. Wow. And going back to your business that you were talking about, what was that business? What service did y'all provide? Uh, I actually owned a computer sales and service center. Okay. And it's a crazy story how it started, uh, how it came about. It was always a hobby. I was pastoring my first church, and this was to show some age here, uh, first computer that I owned and was excited about it. And I bought it from this shop. I was pastoring a church in Dublin, Georgia. And there was a little computer business that had opened up in town. 
Mm-hmm. And so bought my first computer and I connected with these guys. And so they let me come in the back and see how they custom built, you know, a computer unit, explained to me what things were. And really I was trying to invite them to church and, and build a relationship with them. Well, I fell yeah. in love with it and I started tinkering around at home and just something that seemed natural for me. And so then in pastoring my first church, that is a hobby, something I kind of did on the side. I started noticing all these people in the church that, you know, were constantly having computer issues, needed some help. And so they'd come to me. And I just, I looked at my wife one day and I said, I'm going to open a business. And I said, I'm going to insert myself in this community in a completely different way, not just as a pastor, but as an everyday guy. And um, I made up some business cards. I mean, very simple. The next thing I know, I had more work at home that I could keep up with. And so I leased a building, a little commercial building, opened it up, uh, roughly owned it for about an eight-year period. And through that entire process, it grew, developed, I staffed it, that we got into IT work, you know, things like that. And my knowledge had to increase, you know. But, but I love the hands-on. I love being there with people in an everyday way where they were not looking at me, even though I was a full-time pastor at this point. They were looking at me through a different lens and honestly reached more people and watched our church begin to grow even more through that. And, and I love tech, you know, yeah. I love that kind of thing. So uh, something I have to kind of put to the side because it takes away from what is most important right now. Well, that's awesome that you went in to, um, you know, grow relationships with people and, you know, it transformed into a business and stuff. That's, yeah. That's really amazing how God worked that out. Uh, But anyways, did you always want to be a pastor? I would say, you know, from about 16 years old, uh, right after Selena and I were married, and I rededicated my life to the Lord around 17, is when I really identified with the call of God in my life. I, I knew that, I knew early on that I was supposed to preach the gospel, but as far as clarification, how, when, or where, uh, my youth pastor had utilized me. My grandmother, uh, she did some nursing home ministry, and I would go with her, and she sometimes would ask me to lead like a devotional, you know, with the senior citizens there at the nursing home. And um, after Selena and I were married, it just became more and more evident that this was my passion and what God was calling me to. And before I knew it, every time I turned around, somebody was asking me to come and speak at their church as a young man. And I think part of that was the fact that I was young and that I was passionate for God and excited. And, and I think that was, that was part of it. It was a drawing factor for them to have a young man on fire for God wanting to share his faith. And so uh, there was no shortage on opportunities to speak, and from there, you know, on into to pastoring. Wow. Wow, that's amazing. Um, so who has been your most professional mentor? Um, I think there's two in my life, and the reason I say two, uh, first of all, is my pastor now, who has been my pastor for many years. Uh, He speaks into my life on a regular basis, and there are other people that I'm very close to. I have a a strong conviction about keeping godly mentors in your life. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of my dear friends that's a missionary in Europe is a strong voice in my life. Uh, Pastor Trey Jones in Macon, Georgia, is a strong voice in my life. Uh, But as far as leading mentors, uh, one is my current pastor, and uh, he's the one that anytime I need counsel or direction, he's he's using my first call, and he's a part of my life. The, the second would be the first 
the pastor that led me back to Christ as a young man. And um, he taught me about love. And he was, he was a simple man, and I don't mean that in a derogatory or negative way. Uh, he had two primary focuses, love and faith. That, that's what he always taught, love and faith, love people. Teach them about faith in Jesus. He taught me how to visit people, pray with people, love people, you know, share my faith, disciple people. He, he was that guy. You know, he was in my early stages of my walk, you know, with Christ. And when I felt like I was an absolute nobody, he was there when that 16-year-old boy got married and just wrapped his arms around me and loved me, uh-huh. led me to the Lord. And when I'd fall down, he picked me up. He wouldn't let me go. And I, I can say I'm where I am today because of his initial investment in my life. Wow. That's, that's awesome. It's so great to have godly um, men or women speaking into your life. And I know how blessed I am to um, have godly parents and just other people that speak into my life and encourage me and try to send me in the way I should go, you know. So that's that's great that you had somebody in your life like that. Absolutely. But um, what has God been showing you? What do you feel like he's been showing you in this season of your life? I would say first on a personal level. Uh, that's really where I am now. Um, you know, recently I took a sabbatical and mm-hmm. uh, two weeks of vacation and then kind of two extended weeks, something that was very different for me. Um, I don't want to say I'm a workaholic, but I'm very dedicated and committed to being productive. Productivity is very important to me. And so just found myself at a place that I don't think sometimes as pastors we don't want to talk about or necessarily tell everyone and uh, where I felt like I need to take a step back and just reevaluate some things. And, and the crazy thing is, it's, you know, a great time in our lives, great season. Our church's ministry's doing well. Our family's doing well. But I just found myself weary and, and wanting to refocus. And, and so I'd say for me right now, the thing the Lord's really been dealing with me about is simplifying. You know, getting back to what the gospel's really about, touching people's lives with the gospel, and a friend of mine has a phrase, and I'm sure others have used it as well. They, they often say, I don't like busy work. And I agree with that. I think it's real easy in ministry to get caught up in busy work. Mm-hmm. A lot of the things that, you know, we're quote unquote supposed to do. But are they really producing kingdom results? Yeah. You know, is someone's life really changing? Or are they growing in their faith? Are you there when they're, they're going through that crisis moment? Um, getting back to simplicity raising up godly leaders around me more and more. It's always been a big part of our lives, but if you get too busy, all of a sudden those that you're supposed to be mentoring and discipling get pushed to the side because you got all these tasks to do. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like Jesus gave us such a strong example of how one-on-one he was with his disciples and how intentional he was and who and where he was ministering. And so shifting some from relational to visionary type leadership, communicating that to the next generation. So, so my point is this, just really wanting to simplify mm-hmm. and, and do exactly what I feel like God has called me to do in a way that is producing kingdom results. Yeah. Well, Jesus, Jesus was a simple man. He, um, he explained stuff simply to those that, um, to, in terms that people of that day could understand with parables. You That's know, right. he's he simplified stuff. He was a he wasn't a, 
you know, a king with a crown on that they thought he would be. He just came as a baby born of a virgin and you know, he his disciples, they were fishermen, they they all different types. They came from all backgrounds of life and yeah. you know, he was just everything about his ministry was simple. I love the fact that that Jesus had this amazing way of connecting with people. Mm-hmm. He was where they were, addressing what they were going through. He, you never, you never read scripture where he seemed to come across with a superior attitude. Yeah. Even though he had the answers and he shared those answers, but he came in a way to say, "Look, I know where you're at. I, I see you, and I want to walk this walk with you. And you don't have to do it by yourself anymore." And I think that's just. That's phenomenal. It's very important to me. Yeah. Well, I think also um, one of the reasons why the people listened to him and accepted him was because he related with them a lot because he grew up like a lot of them did. He grew up poor, not having a lot of money, and he didn't grow up, you know, as this king clothed in jewels and everything. And so he was very relatable with the people. I think there's a a real confusion at times in life today between excellence and perfection. And I, and what I mean by that is I, I believe Jesus did everything in absolute excellence and honoring his father. But in the world we're in today, often ministry somehow gets glamorized, if I can mm-hmm. say it that way. And we, we miss out on what it's really about. You know, I want to be excellent before the Lord. I know I'm not perfect, but I want to serve him in excellence, meaning I give him my best. Yeah. And knowing that when I fall short, he's all sufficient, and he'll never fail me, or the individuals we're ministering, you know, too. What's one lesson your job has taught you that you think everyone should learn at some point in their life? Two things. One, serve. I just believe with all my heart we're put here to serve. Um, leadership is so important. I have no quorums with that whatsoever. But there's no way to truly be a biblical-based leader without having the heart of a servant. Mm-hmm. And I believe Jesus taught us that. You know, he, he said to the disciples, follow me. Well, if you're following someone, they're obviously a leader. And so leadership is very important. But at the same time, he led through acts of servitude, making himself available. He was sent with a purpose by his father. And so servitude is big. Uh, I think we've sometimes fall into that trap of being... Um, spectators, not mm-hmm. participators. Yep. Consumers, not contributors. And I, I don't want to be the guy. I want to communicate to people that as they come into the kingdom, God's got a place for you. You know, let God work through your life. And, and the second thing is love. Oh yeah. You know, I, I pray regularly. God, help me see people the way you see them, mm-hmm. because it is easy in our humanity to look at someone, and if not, we're not careful, you know, without examining our own life regularly that we fall into the trap of being judgmental, you know, uh, of looking at someone on the outside and not really understanding what's going on in their life and knowing that, that Jesus loves them just as much as he loves me. And that if I'm willing to serve and love them, their life can change too. Well, servitude, you talked about this, that this past Sunday, I remember and, and how David had a servant's heart and, when um, when Samuel anointed him to become the next king, 
how he didn't go up to Saul and, you know, tell him, I'm, I'm coming for you. I'm taking your position. Yeah, that's right. He, he, just, he served Saul until the time was right. He came in. He played the harp for him. He did what he wanted to, him to do. And for a long time, Saul really loved David as like a second son. And it was all because of the heart that David had and how he was so much of a servant. You know, even even after the initial phases of David's life there and his introduction to the king and his service both to his father, to, to Saul, um, and to God, even after that initial uh, encounter or encounters, when he reached the point that he was a little older and Saul was seeking to destroy David, mm-hmm. you know, we know the story. David could have taken his life. But yeah. he said, I, I won't do that. I won't touch God's anointed. David knew that everything that was to come to pass in his life, to be any advancement given, was because of the grace of God, because of, of God's plan and God's uh, divine appointment over him. And, and so I think a lot of times people miss out on such tremendous and wonderful blessings because we we want to run about life our way instead of taking that step back and saying, okay, God, you know, I'm going to serve you faithfully in this place where I am, and I'm going to serve those you put me around. And I think sometimes we limit servitude to fivefold ministry type positions, mm-hmm. when in, when in reality it's the body of Christ, all of us, that wherever we are, that we should be looking for the chance to to live out our testimony in a way that that we're serving people, that we're there for them. Yeah, there's an old saying that says people don't want to know what you know until they know how much you care. And I believe that. You know, when they know you care and you're there to serve them and that they're important to you, then they'll listen to what you think you know. Yeah, if if we only we could just, you know, learn from David's example and all be servants like him, you know, this world would be a lot better place if we could just all learn from his example. But um, if you had to write a book tomorrow, what would you write about? I laugh about this one. I always joke. I said, one day I'm going to write a book on how to survive in a house full of women <laughs> because <laughs> God's blessing, he saw fit to give me all daughters. Uh-huh. And so, you know, up until Kylie has left for college, I was surrounded by all girls every day, sun up to sundown, uh, hairbrushes, hair, straighteners, curling irons, makeup, mm. and all the things that go, you know, with the ladies. Uh, so there were some times I really felt Outnumber, outnumbered. I, I used to uh, joke about, you know, like your father, other ones. Like, man, I'm gonna borrow their sons. I'm gonna be like, <laughs> hey, Ben, can Levi? Can I get Levi and them to come hang out with me for a few hours? I just need some some guys around me. Yeah. You know? And I told my wife one day, I said, you know, I've always kept our yards. I enjoy doing that and, and taking care of our lawn and our shrubs and all those kinds of things uh-huh. that you do. And but I've never had that hands-on help. Yeah. It's me, you know, getting it done. And uh, my oldest daughter did learn to cut grass, and she would help me some. But, um, no, I I joke about that. But I think if I had to write a book, and I knew that I could do it in such a way that it was effective and really communicated my heart, I would love to be able to talk about the favor and the grace of God, Uh, how God took a 16-year-old boy who was very broken and uh, struggling, married with a handicapped child, physically uh, special needs, mentally special needs, and to um, 
lead us through those four and a half years, first years of our life and her passing. Uh, when she passed, that was that was devastating. At this point, I was far more rooted in my walk with the Lord. And so it gave me stability in knowing that God was there with us. But if I could somehow write a book describing God's grace and faithfulness to us from where we were then to where we are now, uh, it's still one of the most amazing things I, I, that I've ever experienced. And do you think you may write a book, though, in the future? Have you ever really thought about it? I have. I've thought about it. Um, it's one of those things, I guess, like a lot of ministers or, or even people in general, we say we want to do, we'd like to do. Uh, it's just making the time and getting started. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to, uh, I was blogging for a good while. And even when I first came to pastor at Mountain Gap, I was still blogging. And uh, some of those blogs are still out there. But I found myself realizing that my writing was improving, my ability to communicate in that way. And uh, I do think it's something that, that I'd like to uh, to do one day. What is what is your biggest pet peeve? That this is an easy one. Sarcasm. <laughs> I, I I just I struggle with uh, and I know sarcasm and humor and cutting up is fine, mm-hmm. but I think so many times when you're when we're trying to relate and connect with someone in there, it's so hard to get through that wall of sarcasm to who they really are. Uh huh. You know, and I'm very I seek to be let's say it like that I seek to be very transparent, very real, very relatable. <laughs> Um, and it's so hard, you know, when someone is, is sarcastic. So, um, I like to get to know somebody and if they're always fronting, I guess as the younger people say, you know, with some level of sarcasm, yeah, it's just hard to do that. Yeah. You know, and I, I think we kind of live in a world where sarcasm just seems to be like this, you know, thing to do, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, that, that's probably, uh, that's my number one, my number two, and this one's going to catch you off guard, trimming your fingernails in church. While the preacher's preaching, <laughs> you would be shocked how many times while I'm ministering that people are clipping their fingernails in a service. Not, not that the preaching's not good, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> but no, I think it's just habit for some people. But that, that's two of my pet peeves. Well, I'm going to be honest. I do do that during <laughs> service sometimes. I've never seen you do it. <laughs> I don't. Well, because I sit in the back, but I've never seen you do it. <laughs> I don't. I don't clip my nails. I usually just kind of pick them with my no, other fingernails. Like the clippers but. clicking. Oh you know, yeah, service, I see what you that mean. That kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. That that is. I think sometimes people may just get bored, or it is a habit for some people. Yeah, but it is. when I was putting these questions together, my mom saw me put uh, this one in there, and he said, "She said, well, I, I know what his biggest pet peeve is going to be when." He talks about how his wife leaves her shoes oh out all the time. That should have been number one, <laughs> but I think God's graced me with favor for that one because Selena, she, you know, my wife's a uh, branch manager for a bank, mm-hmm. and so she's on her feet in and out of her office and stuff all day long, and she, she's very faithful. Uh, she's a very diligent, hard worker, and um, when she comes in, like most women, you know, she's dressed in business attire. Mm-hmm. And so most of the time she's in some type of heels or something like that. And obviously you and I have no clue what that feels like. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I often hear her say, oh, my feet are killing me, you know. And so when she comes in, usually that's one of the first things that happens. She's kicking her shoes off and, and she deserves that without question. But it used to drive me nuts because, you know, one of my struggles in life has been uh, order. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm not a clean freak by no means. But I do like things clean and in order. I guess I should say I'm not a germaphobe. I'm not, 
uh, caught up or concerned with germs, but I like things a certain way. And I've had to learn to work through that in my life because there was a season where it was hard for me. And so she's gotten a lot better, though. It's really funny. She's, I mean, like, really, I can tell you without question. Because there would be times where, you know, she'd kick her shoes off at the dining room table and I didn't notice them. And maybe I'm helping out around the house and I go to vacuum or sweep or, you know, whatever that I'm doing. And all of a sudden I begin to notice there's like three pairs of shoes. There's <laughs> one under the ottoman, one under the chase, one under the dining room table. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. You know, I'm collecting them up, taking them to her closet and putting them up. But because she's very clean, uh-huh. you know, very organized. She just it's just the shoes. That's <laughs> it. You know, well, that's funny. Well, my last question for this episode, what does a perfect Saturday look like for you? I love to get up on Saturday morning. Two things I like. If, if when there's nothing planned, you know, because our, our lives get pretty busy and scheduled out a lot of times and weekends many times get brought into that. I love that Saturday morning when we, we, we wake up and we can just, as we call it, fiddle around. You know, nothing really we have to get done. Maybe she and I go have breakfast, you know, or something. Or yeah, uh, she every now and then, once or twice a year, we'll go to some yard sales. You know, that kind of thing. And I know that seems maybe corny to some people. And we seldom ever really buy anything. It's just I don't know, just getting out free. Nothing that has to be done. Uh-huh. Uh, most commonly, though, is get up on Saturday morning, do the yards. We'll spend a few hours. Selena loves to work in the yard too. And I enjoy things that we do together. And so get out, work in the yard some, and then maybe grill, you know, especially football season. Oh, yeah. That's just the best thing. Get up in the morning, do the yards, get something on the grill, and wait for the dogs to play. That's right. That's That's right. We enjoy that a lot. What's your favorite thing to grill? I really love to smoke ribs. That that is one of my favorite. I've been working on it for the past several years, getting it down to – I like that fall off the bone, Mm -hmm. you know, type scenario. But I don't want it so tender that the bones just fall, if, if that makes sense. I yeah. want a little bit of texture, yeah. but so tender that when you bite it, it just comes right off the bone without a lot of work, you know. Yeah. And I, I enjoy that. Um, my wife, she loves, uh, like, grilled pork chops. Oh, yeah. She enjoys that. And once a year or so, uh, we'll do, a, like, a Boston butt or mm-hmm. something, make some barbecue or whatever. Now, do you like a dry rub or uh, like a? I'm a sauce, a sauce guy. A sauce now, guy. I, yeah, I do. I do put rubs on my my ribs, uh-huh. and then uh, from there, at my last stages, I'll, I'll add the sauce. But I'm a. We always joke that I'm a sauce connoisseur. I love different sauces and flavors and that kind of thing. Yeah, I like that. Thank you, Pastor John, so much for being with me today. But um, before we go and get into reading our Bible verse. Um, you mentioned earlier you were talking about a podcast that you listened to that you really enjoyed. If you uh, could, you share what that was for the listeners if they if they may want to check that out. Yeah, I actually started listening recently to uh, a friend of mine, uh, Pastor Chris Maxwell. He's the campus pastor at Emmanuel College, along with uh, Tracy Reynolds, and it's called the Next Level Leadership. Okay, and, uh, it's a it's a really good podcast. They're about twenty two minutes each. I think they're in they're about there. 25th episode or something like that 26 or 7 somewhere along in there and um honestly just recently started listening to it i've listened to probably three i think and on all of those i've thoroughly enjoyed their their humility and their genuine just openness about leadership yeah you know and developing in their walk of faith 
and other people uh, coming on, sharing their journey and what God's doing in their life and what they're learning about being a biblical-based leader. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, I love, you know, talking about other podcasts that I may listen to or other people may listen to because us podcasters, I, I don't even know if that's a real word, yeah. but we're kind of a community, you know, and so, like, um, it's hard to advertise podcasts and stuff. It's not as easy as some other things. So, you know, giving people shout-outs or talking about these other podcasts, you know, that's kind of how we spread the word about them. Yeah, but yeah. Anyways, y'all make sure to check that out, but uh, we're going to take a real quick break, and we'll get right into reading our Bible verse. So we'll be right back after this. Today's verse is found in Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. You will keep in perfect peace those whose mind minds are steadfast because they trust in you this scripture has always been uh, very important to me simply because there was a, a season of my life years ago where i struggled greatly uh, with walking in the peace of god mm-hmm. uh, i mentioned earlier in, in our the podcast today that um, i like things in order and i found myself uh, over 20 years ago, not realizing that I was struggling some with some OCD-type issues where it caused great frustration and, and anger even in my life because things got out of order and were not right. And I knew that was something that, that couldn't stay. It had to change. Mm-hmm. And so learning that as my mind stayed steadfast in God's Word, trusting in His Word, applying His Word, studying His Word, that through that God gave me perfect peace. And I really believe, in fact, that word perfect means mature, well-developed peace. I really believe with all of my heart that God's Word will produce that level of peace in our life and anything we face we can overcome. That's awesome. Well, Pastor John, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, Thanks for having me. I'm glad you could be here. And uh, y'all, before we leave, um, I will put that podcast um, that next step leadership that Pastor John was talking about, I'll put that down in the description. I'll put a link to it. But um, we just want to say thank y'all again for 25 episodes. Um, I've been enjoying doing this podcast ever since we started, and we just hope to bring y'all more um, exciting, interesting content, interviews, whatever. And make sure y'all share this um this episode or just the show in general with a friend and uh make sure to email us or um if you rather do it this way you can go click that link in the description and you can record some of your audio and it will send it to us but either way you want to do it just make sure you do it and uh, we'll catch you on the next one